up, you guys? My name is Kim. And my name is Desi, and this is How, How We See, see it. it. In this week's episode, we have a very special guest. She's actually my cousin, and her name is Lizzie. Lizzie is 23 years old, and she has been studying communications at UVU. And she also took some time off of school to work full-time and will be back at LDSBC in January. The highlight of Lizzie's life was marrying her sweetheart a year ago, and they've fallen in love every day since. She loves her family more than anything, and she has one sister, and she is her best friend. She also loves all things Disney, and she could talk about movies all day. Her favorite munchie is popcorn, and... (laughs) And she loves to do anything with people that she loves. So, Lizzie, we're so excited to have you on as today's guest. And we're just super grateful that you are going to be opening up your heart and being so vulnerable with us. So, thank you so much. Thanks, Des. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you for asking me to do this. I'm very vocal and vulnerable on my social media. So, this means a ton that I get to be here. Yeah, Yeah, thank you again. This is going to be awesome for me, too. Um, because I don't know you. Like I, I told Des like I recognize her when she walked into the room, like from like Des's um wedding video. But I'm excited to like get to know you. And again, like Des said, thank you for being vulnerable and like opening and being just loving and sharing your your story and your journey and your healing process through through this. Yeah. So what Lizzie is going to be talking with us today is about the passing of her father and just her journey and experience through that and his battle with cancer and just everything. I just want to know, we just want to know everything about that. And I know that this will help so many of our listeners, even if they haven't gone through this themselves, but I don't know, I think it's going to be super great. So let's dive in. So Lizzie, we want to know more about your dad, just for everybody so that they can get to know him. So tell us your very first memory you had with him. Okay. Um, I could talk about my dad forever and ever. He's my favorite person in the world. Um, One of my, I think a good intro to my dad, he's like the manliest man of mans. And (laughs) when we were little, we moved into a house and it had all these overgrown bushes. And normally when you pull bushes, you would like chop it down and then like dig out the roots or hire someone but my dad just chained the bush up to his truck and just (laughs) drove full speed and that's how we pulled out like 20 bushes in our yard he was he could just figure out how to do anything so that that's like one of my earliest memories of him but he was just a can-do man um he could do anything um I wrote like some things down here about him um so I wrote he is mega outgoing has a he always had this booming voice whenever he walked into a room he, everyone just gravitated towards him he was this presence that that was so overwhelming when he was there he was a patriot he loved this country more than anything um and he loved god more than anything as well and he always lived his faith um he loved the scriptures and loved captain moroni that was like his idol and loves the prophet. He didn't care what people thought about him, which is something I want to learn from him. (laughs) He never cared um, what anyone thought about him. He didn't care if he offended you. He knew that you, like, he always loved you, but if he offended you, that was fine. Like, he he didn't really care. (laughs) Um, He believed in truth, and if if you didn't believe in truth, he was going to tell you the truth and made sure that he taught it to you. 
Um, but yeah, he was just the strongest, strongest man that I knew. I'm just getting like chills <laughs> of you saying that because that was totally him. And I like, I don't want to get emotional already, but it's just like so crazy to look back and remember that was definitely your dad. I know. Does you have so many <laughs> funny memories with my dad? Like, I think the funniest <laughs> thing is that your dad is the complete opposite of me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so our interactions are always like so funny just because he'd be... <laughs> Like you said, like he'd call you, not call you out, but he would just say whatever was on his mind, oh, yeah. even if it offended you. And yeah. I loved and hated <laughs> that about him, but I mean, it, he taught you a lot, you know? Yeah. So I love that. He always, he used every opportunity to teach. Like he, he, it was never wait for a right time, wait for a good time. It was like now he always maximized time that he had with everyone. Mm-hmm. So I love that. That's awesome. I you are smiling ear to ear and I <laughs> love that. Like, you know, I feel like a lot of people um, through like a process of like losing a loved one, um, they hurt. And I, I just love that you you find happiness in like the memories that you've made with your dad. And I think that's so awesome. And yeah, that's cool. I, I'm getting chills. I don't even know him. And I'm getting chills because I feel like you're you're sharing a part of your life that like is real and raw. And like I can feel that. That's definitely why I wanted to have you on this podcast with us is because through such a hard time, you have been such a light and like to other people to help us. So I really wanted you on here for that because these types of situations can either break or make someone. And I feel like it's definitely made you just a person that can teach and be a light to others. So you're so sweet. I really (laughs) I can't take all the credit for that. Like I owe my faith, my optimism to my dad and my heavenly father for sure. You are so humble, Liz. I love you so much. I love you. I'm like inspiring to be here. I'm like, okay, I just need to be more like Lizzie. I know you guys are amazing. I want to know what your dad did for, like, what did he do like for a living? Yeah. So my dad, so he, I'll kind of like share the highlights of his life. So highlight of his life was his mission. He served in Lima, Peru. Um, which is cool because my husband actually served there too. Oh, so cool. I was like, well, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he married my mom and met her at UVU Institute. So they were both going to college. They did not finish. They ended up moving to Texas right after they were married. And my dad started a business with his family down there. And then they moved back to Utah and he started a flood and fire restoration business. Um, and he, it's so cool because like he didn't have a college degree. He just new business so well like he he just got it my dad was like two steps ahead of everybody <laughs> in life I don't know how he just like was amazing and so started his own business and he was super into emergency preparedness in fact when he right before he passed he was about to start like a, a business where he, they would sell food storage and like 72-hour kits and things like that so most of my childhood was spent like canning rice on Saturdays and (laughs) going to different like emergency preparedness stores and we have all these shelves and things in our basement because he just loved that he totally loved emergency preparedness (laughs) I was gonna say I remember that when your mom was moving helping her unload it was all food storage (laughs) the whole truck was food storage yeah and I was like we know where to go if anything happens we're going over (laughs) to Melanie's Melanie's. oh I know we joke about it all the time yeah, he left us well prepared. So you just gave us a few highlights of his life. What was um, one of your fondest memories with your dad? Yeah, I have so many. I feel like I could talk about my dad forever. So I'll share a funny one and then I'll kind of share like a more serious one. So 
we would go to Disneyland all the time growing up, and it's like my favorite place ever. <laughs> and Tower of Terror was my favorite ride, and we would always go like November <laughs> or February, so it was like the best time to go. And we get on Tower of Terror, and there's no line behind us. So the worker just keeps coming in after every ride, like, you want to go again? We're like, yeah. <laughs> so we, like, just rode Tower of Terror, I think, like, five times. And me and my dad, it was just me and my dad, because for some reason, my mom and Emma didn't want to go on that one. But I just remember we walked off, and he, my dad was just excited about everything all the time. And he was just like, that was awesome. That was so great. Like, we got to do it so many times and just like little thing little memories like that that I can remember where little things were just amazing to him and he just appreciated all those things in life um then one of my more, more like tender memories with him um my dad was not an emotional guy and I am <laughs> he had two daughters and a wife so it, like he had no sons and no guys to balance out his hardness and so he had to become a little more emotional with all girls and I went to Fiji for six weeks towards the end of his life um, and he took me out to breakfast one morning that I ended up driving him to the hospital that day um, and he took me out to breakfast after his appointment and we were just in Denny's and he just really talked about how proud he was of the woman that I became and oh, I'm gonna get emotional but it was like one of the times in my life that I can remember my dad expressing to me how proud he was of me and and really getting emotional with me and um and I'll, I'll always remember that this I have a little picture of him with his waffles too <laughs> sitting at Denny's and it was one of the sweetest sweetest times with him that's that's a really wonderful memory I bet when you go to Denny's you just always think about that so um you kind of highlighted like a lot of like characteristics and attributes of your dad um but what is one of your favorite ones of your that you admire of your dad like a characteristic um i would say probably his resilience for things and his faith he was the type of person that like when something came to him or a situation he was thrown into he wasn't the type to shy away from that or to think I just need to get through this or I just want it to go away. It was never some, he never asked for things like be taken away from him. He just would pray for the strength to like get through them and to like do it right. And I love that about him. Like I wish I, and I try to be like that, but I wish I had more of that in me. Like just take things head on. Nothing was impossible for him and nothing, he just thought big. Nothing was too impossible for him all right well thank you for introducing your dad so everyone can kind of understand the man that he was but <laughs> let's start with your story let's hear you can start wherever you want to where you feel like is the point where you feel like you need to share but tell us about it okay um so i'll start with cancer so cancer was random so a little backstory was my dad was not feeling well, which was weird. My dad was always healthy. I don't think he'd ever been to the doctor in my lifetime. So it was weird that he was like not feeling well. Um, when he would get up and walk around the house, he his heart would beat so fast. Like it, it was like he had just ran a marathon. Like he didn't understand why he was out of breath. He's like, I'm just walking around the house. Like he's like, I just walked to the kitchen and feel like I want to pass out. So that was weird. And then he ended up getting shingles. 
Um, and so that kind of clued us into something was wrong. So he went to the hospital to get a stress test. And a stress test is when they basically strap a bunch of heart monitors on you, put you on a treadmill, and make you run. <laughs> and he failed, obviously. <laughs> and they, like, thought he was having a heart attack. So they rushed him to the Provo Hospital. Um, they're like, we're going to do a blood test and all this stuff. And his blood test came back at his white blood cell count was 165,000. And normal white blood cell count is about 10,000. So we knew right then. I remember my mom was crying. I was crying. My dad's in the bed just like, why are y'all crying? <laughs> and <laughs> how, how old were you at this point? I was 17. Okay. Yeah. 17. So what year was that? Do you remember? Yes. It would have been 2014. Yeah. Early 2014 that he was diagnosed. So... And that was just like him to be like, we got this, stop crying. <laughs> and we're all crying, but we were like very oblivious as to like what was coming. Uh, once we calmed down a little bit, we were just like, okay, like, yeah, we got this. This is, this is something we can handle. God doesn't give us things we can't handle. He trusts our family to do this. And so... That night, I actually, like, went to a ward party, <laughs> and everyone was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry your dad was diagnosed with cancer, and I was like, oh, we're gonna be fine, and then <laughs> they're like, why are you at this ward party? I'm like, I don't know, so I, I was just oblivious, like, we just went about our normal day-to-day, -day. Um, but yeah, we just had no idea how much our lives would change, so about a month after he was diagnosed, he was diagnosed with stage four, so... It was as severe as it could be. And so they decided to do chemo a month after he was diagnosed. Um, the chemo took around like four to five months. My mom's probably going to say that's wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's how long it was. Uh, chemo actually ended up like completely killing the regenerative cells in his body. So he was no longer making blood or platelets after chemo. And so for the next year and a half, he was getting blood transfusions every other day. And then every other day he wasn't getting blood. He was driving to Huntsman in Salt Lake with my mom for random appointments, chemo, different tests, like all these things. Like his body just went through the ringer. And my mom can give a better testament to that because she was with him for every appointment, every doctor's appointment. And we were so blessed that like they were able to be together through that. But his body just, it was put to the test. And um, everything that could have gone wrong with cancer did. <laughs> and, but like my dad was always faithful, always positive. Like they'd come home from a terrible appointment where we'd get the news that it could either be a really good thing or it could be a really bad thing. And it always turned out to be the bad thing. My mom and dad would come home and be like, it's okay. Like, it'll be totally fine. And that was just like, our motto was like, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through it. We're going to get through the next thing and it'll be okay. So a year and a half into his cancer, they decide that his body is just, it, it's, it's reached its limit. So they decided to do a bone marrow transplant. 
And a bone marrow transplant is, so someone will test positive as a perfect match for his um, bone marrow type. Then they donate their bone marrow and basically they do a transfusion into my dad and uh, your body can either accept or reject the bone marrow transplant. It looked like it was working uh, for the most part um, and, and it was supposed to be helping and it was just really slowly. Um, so after about five months of him getting the bone marrow transplant, I decided to go do this humanitarian trip in Fiji. So I was gone for six weeks and then I came home around the end of June, the last week of June. Um, and then when I came home, um, it was about a month that I had left with my dad. And we didn't know. We didn't know it was coming. It was so unexpected. Every doctor was so hopeful. My mom and dad, me and Emma, we were so hopeful. It was like, we got this. Like, we're going to get through this and he's going to make it. I never once doubted that that he, we wouldn't have him after this. And so it was about a month after I get home from Fiji. And um, it was just one morning, my my mom comes running in at like five in the morning and she says, I'm taking your dad to Huntsman. Uh, meet us there when you wake up. So me and Emma were actually supposed to go to Lagoon that day. So we were kind of salty. We couldn't go to Lagoon. And uh, <laughs> we're like, oh my gosh, we have to go to another doctor's appointment. But obviously we were happy to do it and happy to be there with my dad. But we're driving up. I'm driving the car. Emma's in the front seat. And I'm about to exit on I-15. You can see Huntsman from the freeway. And Emma just starts crying. And I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, it today just feels different. Like she was so in tune with the spirit. She knew what was coming. And she said, today just feels different. And our whole family was coming, which had never happened before. My whole dad's family was there. My entire mom's family was there. His best friends had come up to the hospital, which had never happened before. So we get to the hospital. He's in the ICU. We walk in and see him. Um, and he was, he was awake and, and able to talk to us for a second. And he, another testament to who he is, we walk in and he goes, oh, you didn't go to Lagoon. And I was like, it's okay, dad, we'd rather be here with you. And he's like, I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) And so he was just like, still cracking a sense of humor. He was so funny. And, um, he said, can you, I started tearing up a little bit because doctors are, running around, it was kind of a, kind of a scary scene. So, and I start crying a little bit and he's like, Hey, we're going to get through this. And, and that was the last thing he actually ended up saying to me. Um, right after that, he's like, I need to go to the bathroom. Uh, he stands up to go to the bathroom and, and crashes. So nurses, doctors running in and they were pumping him with fluids, just trying to get his blood pressure up. That day, I think he had like 19 IV bags hooked up to him with just fluids and antibiotics and um we left the room and they had to intubate him and a little bit later uh the day went on a little bit a little bit later the ICU nurses came in to me and my mom and said um okay so it could be one of two things the antibiotics aren't working so it could be we just haven't picked the right one and it's an infection and we just need to figure out the right antibiotic or 
Um, it could be a perforated bowel. If it's a perforated bowel, we would need to do surgery, but he is not making enough blood to do surgery. So if it's a perforated bowel, we can't do anything. Um, and my mom, I think my mom knew I was completely in denial. I remember saying, um, no, it's going to be, it's the antibiotic. It's, it's always, he's always pulled through. It's going to be the other thing. And, um, and then it wasn't, the nurses ended up telling us like, there's nothing we can do. So my mom had to make the decision to, to basically choose to pull the cord. Um, cause he wasn't, he wasn't going to pull through that day. So I don't remember this, but everyone tells me this, that when we got the news that he wasn't going to make it, I asked everyone to say a prayer with us. I remember saying the prayer, but I don't remember being the one to suggest that. So I completely credit that to the Savior with that. Um, we said a prayer and everyone in the ICU got to let the, all of our family stay in the room. Usually there's like a five person max. Um, but everyone stayed. I think the room was full of like 21 people. Like everyone was there and just crying with us and, and being with us. We got to stay there all day, which might sound a little weird, but it was really comforting, um, with my dad in the room and we just got to be there and, uh, his body throughout the day was really cool. Like, um, he passed around three and throughout the day, his his mouth like slowly like started to turn up into a smile and we were like oh my gosh like he just saw Jesus like we were like Aww. he's smiling he's so happy and he's not in pain anymore and 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 yeah that was that was the day yeah I just got chills again I just feel like you have the spirit with you and you're just bringing such a a positive energy to this I feel like I wasn't there for that because I was on my mission so it was really I liked hearing your story and you explained it all so perfectly. I remember I got to talk to you that day, mm-hmm. which was the day my dad passed. Um, Scott and Amber got Desi on the phone on her mission, and I missed Des so much. And I remember, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I remember um, Amber running in and being like, I have Desi. She wants to talk to you. And I got to go into another room and, and talk to Des, and we were both just crying. And Des just said, I love you so much. <laughs> it's gonna be okay and I was like I know I love you too and that meant the world to me because Desi was like my best friend growing up to not have her there was so hard and yeah backstory me and Des basically grew up together (laughs) and yeah to not have her there was so hard it was such a hard day and everyone was there and I missed her so much and her sweet missionary spirit was so comforting that day to get to talk her and I'm grateful that I was able to talk to you um I felt like I was a like there with you guys even though I wasn't yeah but I do remember everyone telling how amazing it was when you immediately um asked to pray that's super beautiful thank you Liz um I was thinking as you were talking about us being on the phone um I feel like lots of people find it hard to not know what to say to somebody who's lost someone so what is your advice to family and friends and how it's like give you comfort for sure um obviously yeah the problem's not going to be taken away with a matter of words um but it can be like wrapped in bubble wrap we always said we were completely wrapped in bubble wrap with 
the way that everyone just enveloped us with love and um, something that my dad taught me was to the best way to be helpful is to see a need and to act on it without being asked and that's like the best advice I would give someone to help someone going through grief to help someone going through grief is um, just find the need and do it uh, our ward was amazing they obviously like we had our huge house and we were in no way shape or form to take care of it <laughs> our sweet young men presidency and our bishop brick would come and mow our lawn for us they would take our garbage cans out to the curb every week for us for months and and it was just like those little things that would happen that meant the world to us like we were not thinking about taking the trash out and I remember the week after um people were bringing us food and flowers and and just like every single gift that you could think of like was on in our kitchen and it just made our house feel so full when it felt so empty and I'll never forget every single person that came to the door and that brought us something and I remember the smartest thing was someone brought us paper goods, like paper plates and stuff, so we didn't have to do the dishes. I was like, this is so smart. Um, But yeah, just, it it might not seem like a lot, but just anything that you can think of to do for them is, it'll mean the world to them. I feel like sometimes, like, I've experienced losing a loved one. I haven't lost my dad or my mom, but um, it's hard to accept um, help. Mm -hmm. and assistance from people just because you're hurting so bad or the other side of the party the helpers or don't know how to help so for sure it it is really difficult at that time because you don't want to step on toes you know that that family or that person's hurting at the moment Mm -hmm. um but i love what you said just help or what your dad taught you just go go and do it you know they need the help and um they're they're hurting mm-hmm. so help them and For serve sure. so I completely agree like if someone asked we probably said no but if they just came over we accepted it right so it was like and I can't remember anyone who asked right but <laughs> memory is kind of hazy from back then but so that was four years ago it's been four years since he passed but I still remember that week after vividly um it was a miracle because I think my entire extended family got work off and they were just like at our house it was like a big massive family reunion for like five days at my house (laughs) like everyone slept over everyone was at my house from sun up to sundown and like so like sweet maddie brought us so delicious every single day and just like was sat with us cried with us i remember like they would bring movies over and we 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 played like super mario bros as cousins every night and just like they just were there and that's like what meant the world like the hugs and the company and like I can't imagine if we would have had to be there alone that's awesome that like that you found that comforting because I feel like for some that might be overwhelming but I'm glad that that found like you guys found comfort through that there's a couple different stages of like grief and how like people grieve um Mm -hmm. I wrote down a couple um so denial um, anger depression and acceptance um and you kind of have touched like points on a couple of those already um but how did you and your family grieve like how was it different for each of you oh it was so different (laughs) um 
So we're three like really emotional girls. Um, so we all just dealt with it so differently. Um, for me personally, I ended up moving out a month after it happened. I, before my dad passed, I was going to move down to Provo. I already had signed my contract and my whole family was so excited for me. And after he passed, I decided that that was still going to be the best thing to do because I felt right about it before and I just felt like my dad wouldn't have wanted me to not go just because of him. So I still moved out and I'm sure that made it a lot easier for me than it did for my mom and Emma. And it was the right thing to do. I do not regret it. But I moved away from the house and the house was like the last place my dad was and he was there. And so for my mom and Emma, they had to live in that every day when I didn't. So I got to move out to college and I kept it busy a lot. And for me personally, I don't love to be sad. And I let myself be sad. Like you got to when you lose someone and you're grieving. But I hate it. I just hate being sad. It is so hard for me. So I would let myself cry. I'd like let it all out. And then I would just go do something like stupidly happy. Like I'd go watch like Tinkerbell or like some (laughs) Disney movie. Because I was like, I need to be happy. And honestly like that helped me like that really did help me a ton and to be honest church was so hard right after my dad passed like you would think it would be the one place you want to be and like where it would give you the most comfort but it wasn't I I had the hardest time going to church I think for the first six months I went to church I would walk out having like a complete breakdown every Sunday and that's okay like it can be painful And it's okay to let it be painful because I think why it was so painful is because I just felt so close to the veil. You just, you feel so close to Heavenly Father, to Jesus Christ, to, I felt close to my dad. And it's a really emotional, the gospel just makes me emotional. So I would cry all the time. And, and so that's like grieving personally for me, I, I would just try to like, like lift myself up. And I remember when I would go home. It was really hard to be in the house and I would, I, memory is like something that's really special to me and pictures specifically. So when I would go home, I would end up pulling out all these boxes of pictures and I would just like, like frantically search through them basically to like find pictures of my dad that I hadn't seen or something of his, like a, like a note or a handwriting from his that I hadn't seen. And it was like having a new memory with him. So I feel like I would like search for these new memories constantly just to like try to feel close to him. It's like I couldn't grasp that I wasn't going to have any future memories with him. And so I was trying to like relive these ones that we had had before and like make them new, which probably wasn't super healthy, but like it helped back then. And I don't do that anymore. Like I've I've learned other ways to grieve, but back then it, it helped a ton. So I think any advice I'd give to people grieving is just like, just let yourself do it the way that you need to. For me, I needed to do stupid, happy things to like make myself feel better. For Emma, she needed to like really be in touch with her emotions. Like she needed to cry, let it out. She got really into This Is Us, the TV show, and (laughs) that was super therapeutic for her and my mom and like I can't do stuff like that. That just like, it like really rips me apart. So it's like, everyone will just do things really differently. So 
I think it's super important to to whoever's listening right now. Um, if you have lost a loved one or you're going through a process of losing a loved one right now, um, your process and your healing is unique. Um, just it like is. Lizzie said, um, however you're dealing with it, um, find your way and be patient with yourself and and just just I don't want to say enjoy the process, but enjoy the process and just be patient. Totally. It's like you should enjoy it because when you're grieving so close to an event like that, you'll never feel closer to that person than that day, right? So like now it's been four years and I can't really, like I don't feel that grief that I did back then, but that grief made me feel so close to my dad. So, and it's different now. I still feel close to him, but just in really different ways. So you should enjoy it. You should just let it come, let your heart hurt, but then let it heal. Like find those things that heal you. I remember we... We went to Disneyland just three months after he passed, which was a really hard trip for my mom and Emma, but I loved it. I was in heaven. I felt so close to my dad. That was like the place that we had so many good memories. I was just like so happy the whole time because I just felt like he was there. And that's the same reason it was hard for my mom and Emma is because they felt so close to him. So it's just your family's going to grieve differently, which is so hard. But it's just like you got to accept the way your family's going to grieve and how you're going to grieve. And you hope that they'll do the same for you. Yeah, I love that you said like you need to feel those feelings and then you can process it and heal it. I feel like when my brother passed away, I wanted to talk with them about it. But they were the type that just like shoved it in a box and like hit Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And that was really hard for me. Because I wanted to be able to, like, talk about my brother and share those experiences. Do you feel like you had troubles or was it challenging that you and your family grieved differently? Yeah, it was. Like, I think a lot of fights came from it, which is normal. And I mean, like, we were three girls. We talk about all the time how unhealthy it was that us three were just alone for, like, four years. (laughs) We're so glad that I'm married now there's a boy in the family. But, um it was hard. We fought a lot. Like me and Emma, just, we got along. We love each other, obviously, but like I wanted to go hang out with her. I wanted to go do this. And she's like, I just need to be alone. Or my mom was really emotional one day when I wanted to go see her and like have fun with her. And, and so it it just, you just have to be so patient and like, you have to let Heavenly Father help you be patient because it's just going to be so different. And I think my dad's family was the same way. Like, we felt so, like, I loved being around, like, my grandpa or my dad's siblings and my cousins on my dad's side because they're so much like him and they don't, like, love to talk about it and we don't really talk or sit around and cry, like, with his family. That's just not how they are. Like, they're not emotional. And that's okay. They know that, so I can say that. (laughs) But, like, that's, that's, we're just different. Everyone's different and it's okay Mm-hmm. yeah I love that you shared that because I feel like going into it you don't know that's going to happen yeah. after you lose a loved one so it's important to kind of learn that and know that and I love that you said just accept and be patient and respectful I was just gonna say you're like such a spiritual giant like I just want to lay that out on the table and I think everyone knows that like when they meet you like I feel like this whole episode you've you, um, while you're talking to us you've talked about the gospel you talked about christ and um 
I think in times like that, it's hard to, you're in shock. It's hard to rely in, on those things. And um, even not on a loss or through grieving it through anything, it's hard when you're in like a shock, it takes a toll on your, your body and your mind and your heart. And so that's awesome that you re- rely on Christ and you do that. And I, I feel like I'm learning so much from you <laughs> at the moment, just wanting to like, I just like want to grab your light and put it in my body. I'm like, I want to be Lizzie. <laughs> you guys are so sweet. You're so sweet. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've always known that about you. You've been just like a positive rock in everyone's life. So what did you learn about Christ because of this experience? Yeah, um, I learned that literally Christ is love and that love heals. And so if Christ is love, then he heals. So like the more you learn about him, the more you come unto him, the more you will feel like those broken pieces are getting put back together. Uh, I referenced the whole bubble wrap thing a little bit ago. We, me and my mom and Emma talk about all the time how we literally felt like there was bubble wrap wrapped around our hearts for the few months after my dad passed. And I completely credit that to Christ. And I talk about all the time how sometimes answers to prayers will come through other people. And my family, my friends, our extended family have completely been answers to prayers for us. Like I just have seen times where Christ has like impacted or or brought someone to us to text us that day or to call us to come visit us to send us a gift or or something like that and and it does it heals it completely heals just being surrounded by people that you love um another thing I've learned is his grace is completely sufficient um my my sweet husband is amazing and he once told me that hope is something we do but grace is something that he did for us. And I have seen that in my life. I know that. I have evidence of that. I have a testimony of that, that Christ completely makes up our weaknesses. And he fills in those gaps. And and right now, like the gap in my life is I, I don't want my dad here. And But I've had other experiences where my life can be full, my heart can be full, with that piece missing because of the gospel. I love that. Um, you just brought up Jake, your husband. <laughs> uh, he obviously didn't know your dad before, right? Yeah. How has he been helpful to you even though he didn't know him? Yeah. Um, I always worried. Like I was like, the person I marry isn't going to know my dad. And that was probably the hardest thing because I loved my dad more than anyone. <laughs> So I was like, how am I supposed to love someone? And they're supposed to love me fully without knowing such a big piece of my life. Um, but Jake has been amazing. Um, he asks about my dad, which is probably the biggest thing I was looking for. And he, he'll ask me about him and learn about my dad and just ask me to share a memory one day or to talk about him and I feel completely okay talking about my dad with Jake, which is cool. And my Jake, my husband, is so sweet and he lives his life to be so close to the gospel, to Christ in the veil. And I have received blessings from my husband where I feel like my dad has been there because of the way that my husband lives. And and my 
husband now I feel like knows my dad because I talk about him so much and and he'll even be like it's hard to miss someone I've never met because I haven't met your dad but I do miss him and this year um was the four-year anniversary of my dad's passing so that was July 21st just a couple weeks ago and um I left with my mom and Emma to go out to dinner and then I came back and Jake had set up this whole like a uh, tribute to my dad and he had all these like pictures and and things that represented my dad out on the table and basically created a little like ofrenda to him and mm-hmm. I walked in and and he had all that and, and he's like I just really wanted to like celebrate your dad today so he just he's amazing did that kind of answer that question yeah totally he's <laughs> such a sweetheart I love everything he's a that sweetheart. he did <laughs> he's, yeah like I don't know him like super well but everything that I have known from him he's amazing so I'm so glad that he came into your life and has been like there for you and asked about your dad and loves him even though he didn't know him so I love that yeah he's amazing I think that's so cute that she like <laughs> laid out everything of your dad like uh it was so, so cute cool. there was like a little American flag and then this picture of me and my dad um like walking on the sand holding hands and then there was like a drill because my dad's like a handyman and then there was like the scriptures because he loved the gospel and just like I have a picture of it, so I'll so give it to you guys, but it's so cute. <laughs> I love that. That is so cute. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who is going through something similar, like going through cancer and like a passing of a parent? It's so hard. I feel like someone just asked me this on my social media like a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, I don't even remember what I said to them, so I hope that it was good. But um, it's so different. Everyone's situation is so different. I feel like I got so lucky because I we didn't know it was coming. I can't imagine having the news that like there's a time limit on your time with someone. And so I can't relate a ton on like that and for people going through that I'm so sorry. Like I can't even imagine. Um but I think for people going through it I would just say to maximize the time that you have with them, with everyone in your life. You never know when someone is going to be gone. And like, I remember when my dad had cancer, our life changed drastically. We traveled a ton as a family before he had cancer. Um, But after he was diagnosed, we were very homebound and um, we couldn't really go to the theater anymore at risk of him like getting sick. We couldn't really go out to a ton of places. He he didn't feel good a, a ton to go out and be places. So I a lot of my memories of my dad for the past two years of his life is sitting in my mom and dad's bedroom. They had a couch and then their bed and then my dad's rocking chair and all of us just piled in the bed or sitting on the couch with him in his rocking chair just talking and or watching The Amazing Race or something like that. Like we that's like a lot of my memories I have with him towards the end which are now some of my most cherished and it, it's so special because they're it's nothing nothing big they were just it was just sitting with him and talking and that would be my advice is just just listen learn from them be with them and and just know that heavenly father in christ your life is in their hands your life is not yours it is you're on their timetable and really study the scriptures, get a testimony of God's plan, 
because I truly believe that my dad was not taken a minute before he was supposed to go. I believe that he had done everything here on earth that he was supposed to. He learned his mission. He had learned everything he had to. He accomplished his mission and, and he was needed on the other side. And now it's our mission to learn from him and to carry his spirit with us and, and to learn from that experience. Oh, can I add one more thing to the advice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'll share the best advice that was given to me the day that my dad passed. So the day my dad passed was easily the hardest day of my life, which is to be expected. But I remember thinking, oh my gosh, my dad's not going to be at my wedding. He's not going to be at the first time I have a child. He's not going to be at Emma's graduation. He's not going to meet my husband. And it was just like all those future events were so daunting. It literally felt debilitating that day. And I remember my mom's best friend coming into the hospital room, all of us crying and literally just basically gushing out our hearts like, he's not going to be at this, he's not going to be at this. And she said to us, don't look ahead, just take it one day at a time. If you need to, take it one hour at a time, one minute, whatever you have to do to just get through that hour, to get through that day. And I can't tell you how much that like changed our perspective on the whole thing. Like it was just making it okay, make it to the night. Okay, fall asleep. Okay, wake up. Like, I can wake up. I can get out of bed. I can eat breakfast. And it's literally just doing those tiny little things that now I'm, now I'm married and now I have a husband and I can get up without feeling so squashed by like your grief. So that was like one of the best advice that was given to me. Thanks, Liz. I know that you've shared so many um, like lessons that you learned, but what is one of your biggest takeaways or What's one of the greatest things that you've learned from this experience? Um, um, one of the greatest lessons I learned through all of this was family is truly the most important thing. Uh, your family is always going to be there for you. Uh, even if you fight, even if you don't get along, if you don't have a great relationship with your family right now, fix it. Like there's nothing worth holding a grudge about. You should just always be close to your family. And if you don't feel like you have a ton of family, find family within friends because that can happen too. Just build your support in your life and, and cling to them. Be loyal, be open, be vulnerable. I feel like I got so close to people during that time because I just shared my heart with them and I let them know what I was going through. And they, they were very receptive. That's the other thing is the people who love you will be there for you and they'll accept like whatever you're going through. Um, the other thing was just that God's plan is perfect. Um, everything happened the way it was supposed to. And I love my dad's lesson of not asking for things to be taken away from you, um, but pray for the strength to get through them. Because this is a trial that no one would ask for, um, in their life. But now that it's happened to me, I would never ask for it to be taken away. And I've learned so much through it. And if I had to go back and do it again, knowing what the outcome would be, I would say yes in a second to get to spend that time with my dad and to have the memories we did as a family. We were lucky. We didn't, we got to do a lot of things that most families don't get to do. And so, yeah, I would just say appreciate every moment. Love your life. Even if it's hard, it's your story. So, yeah. (laughs) 
Thanks for being so raw, Lizzie. I can... I said this multiple times throughout the <laughs> podcast, but you have this light. Like, I can see Christ through your eyes and... Thank you. Like, I just feel this positive energy from you and... Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story and the memories with your dad and this whole grieving grieving <laughs> journey. Yeah, you have a very special gift about you, Liz. And I remember you had like written something on Instagram and I was just so like, it had such an impact on me. I feel like you have a way with words and you're just very good at sharing your story. And I was like, we need to have her on the podcast. Like she is going to influence so many people. And I was scared to message you because I didn't know if you're going to say yes or no. I was just, because these are experiences like, some people want to keep them and others are open to sharing. So I'm very yeah. grateful that you were open and willing to share your heart. So thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. Um, if you guys want to follow her, you guys definitely should. Her Instagram is lizaru 33 So <laughs> cute. It's That's it. L-I-Z-A-R-O-O-33. Mm-hmm. So go give her a follow. She's very inspirational, uplifting, just like we've said this whole time. She's very Christ-like. So thank you again. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This meant the world to me. I'm so glad you messaged me, Des, and I was so happy to be here and talk with you guys. And the last thing I want to share was um, this this year we did, or last year, we did a 5K, and it was the AF Canyon Cancer Run. And so we did it in honor of my dad. And um, while we were running, there was a there was a sign that said, be the things you love about the people who are gone. And to anyone who is missing someone or needing to feel close to someone who's gone, it helps a ton. Just write down things you love about them and and be that. Just work on it and become them. First become like Christ, but then (laughs) (laughs) be like them. Yeah. Um, I actually ran um, that run too. And it is very inspirational, you guys. Like seeing all those signs, like when you're in like the, like, your body's hurting. I ran the half, the half. And so I remember when I was at 11 miles in and my body was just hurting and I see all these people like holding signs and even people that had cancer in the moment are just, you know, yeah, they're they're running. Yeah. They're running. And it's, it's so crazy, like how inspirational those things are. And I don't know if you ever want to run a half or 5k or marathon, like, like there is great up op- like you learn so much from them so totally if yeah. they can do it why can't i yeah. like my life is easy compared to things that they're going through right and pain is temporary and yeah i love that you can almost mm-hmm. take that story and make it like spiritual oh 100 you know? percent. it's like christ suffered so much why couldn't i suffer a tiny thing to get through this you know there's people cheering you on yep well thanks again lizzie and thank you for listening to lizzie's story and we hope you guys have a great week bye